2: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 6th, 2011. I always suggest for newcomers that come into the show to go into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and you'll find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of audios for free download, where I try and give you uh, at least a very shortcut, a shortcut really, a path to the understanding this big complex system, which is loosely called the New World Order, at least the big boys always use that term publicly now, and to show you how it's all organized, the superstructure above all governments that run the governments worldwide, we're already in it, we've been under a global system for an awful long time, and how finance at the top runs it all through foundations and non-governmental organizations public-private partnerships and so on, which literally sell out your government, so you cannot be sovereign and go into public-private uh, partnerships at all. But anyway, I show you the big names involved, the books to, to read, if you can get them from your library especially, uh, if you still have libraries left, that is. And people have never used them enough, even when they were widely available. Now they're trying to close them all down and leave you with this net, which eventually is to be censored as well. It's already being censored in many aspects as well. I've noticed that myself, trying to get into some sites. So anyway, I try and give you the shortcuts, as I say, and hopefully understand this. how long this agenda has been going on, uh, what they actually want to bring about in this world, this big socialist uh, world system, where we're trained like Pavlov's dogs to to be what they want us to be basically uh, and you'll be assigned school to work jobs and you'll be given your, 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 what you're going to be for the rest of your life basically and that's only one part of it eventually they want to clone uh, the workers that they'll need not as many as they have today of course they want to reduce population uh, for this wonderful re project across the planet so they can go hunting their animals the big boys as they stop you eating meat actually they love hunting they really do love hunting That's always been in their, in their blood you might say so, remember, uh, you can also support me, too, by buying the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughtheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. Or you can send cash or you can use PayPal. And you'll find a donation button on the com site. Use that and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And lately, Canada Post has been in upheaval because of a strike they had. didn't last long, but they're dragging their their heels, basically, on delivery right now because the workers lost pretty well everything they they, they demanded. And uh, they they were forced back to work by a law in Parliament. So they're not really playing the game. But still, mail is starting to roll in very slowly, and it's supposed to speed up next week. We'll wait and see. And hopefully I'll get a lot more done then and receive more and get more out. But getting back to this world order, I mean, it's so overwhelming. It's every aspect that you could possibly imagine of government, which they call governance because it's worldwide. No independent country exists anymore, really, uh, except the ones we're bombing out of existence because the whole planet's being standardized into the same global system under the front group called the United Nations which is in itself set up to be a super government. It was always designed to be to be this. And the League of Nations before it that came in uh, at the end of World War I was uh, its precursor with the exact same agenda. That means taking over the entire world's food supply, uh, rationing it, it into regions, as you call it, and, um, and then again training everyone for the specialized jobs And if they want you to be a plumber, all you'll be taught at school is basic arithmetic and plumbing and nothing else. Keep you in ignorance of everything else. And that's the whole idea of it. That way, you're easier to manage it when you don't know very much at all about the great big world out yonder. Back with more after this break. We're back, and this is cutting through the matrix. You'll find in the system that everything is interlinked, and all parties are interlinked into the same system. And they work the dialectic, and that's what it's called, the dialectic, because the average person, if you were to live your a full life, that is, you would eventually hopefully catch on uh, that, that uh, you're always given a choice of two. This way or that way. With everything, even television reporting, when they have guests on, they always bring on two other guests to to quiz the first one, and it's this way or that one. And, And you're given two opinions, really, or assessments, and that becomes your assessment and opinion for life. That's how simple we are. And the big boys at the top truly understand this. And rather than have revolutions every four or five years, as they used to sometimes have, uh, sporadically in different places across Europe. Uh, in the days of feudalism, they decided to give us this thing called democracy and pretend that we won it ourselves. It was very, very good because it stopped people revolting And uh, it, it, every five years or so. And you, what you do in democracy is you always vote the last party out You're so sick of them. And that's all you're really doing. You're not really voting a new one in. You just want rid of the last bunch. And you hope that, you know, the the, the simple people hope that these ones will somehow remedy all the problems. And then you find out, my God, they're just as bad as the last lot. And it doesn't matter if it's called left wing or right wing, as I say. The two wings are attached to the same bird, this thing called democracy. But the real body that runs it is always behind the shield. That's why they've always got a shield in front. So you don't really see who's pulling the strings for both of the wings. And that's the system that you live in. It's very simple. It's worked awfully well. And there's never been such a thing as democracy. Never, ever been such a thing as democracy. And try to find even a stable definition of it. It doesn't exist because it's elastic. It keeps stretching every few years with more and more things added to it. And it's never stable. Therefore, you cannot have a stable life. That's obvious. No generation has had a peace since democracy was invented. You're either in a financial crash with massive debt to pay off because the bankers plummet you. And the, the, the bankers do this every at least twice a century. That's their history. In the 1800s, they did it a few times more because they had more leeway. But uh, even in the late 1870s, three men in the U.S. crashed the economy three times. Towards the late 1800s, everyone knew who they were. It was published in the papers, which these guys owned. And uh, and they got away with it, too. They plundered pensions and everything. And the laws are never changed after crashes to prevent it happening again. Because, you see, it's the banker system. I mean, the big international banker system that runs the world. It's always been that way. Money runs the whole world. Money, as our old song goes, money makes the world go around. And it's their world. And if you understand it, there are people who have been around for thousands of years who have done nothing but lend money and figure out economies of whole countries and how they could uh, get more and more profit off those countries and uh, how they could use those countries in times of debt when when the countries owed money to the bankers, make deals with them and get them to invade other countries. That's how empires were built. And they just simply collected countries and debts and then had the armies go off and fight to standardize the world. In ancient times, even the Phoenicians, did this too. They had a, a silver standard. Silver was the first currency when it was eventually minted around 800 B.C. And uh, they, wa- they wanted a certain weight of it, and they, they tried to standardize it across uh, the ancient world. By different means, some of them very tricky, and also by war, by the way. So money makes the world go round, and I, th- I think no country actually prints its own money anymore, except the ones that are getting bombed again. And uh, uh, and the key is that central banking and private banking uh, become uh, the so-called legal banks for your country. They're private. So crazy. How can you have a system that that obviously is meant to be non-private? That's your country, your nation. I mean, you are all part of it supposedly and yet they give the thing that runs it all to private bankers. Eh? Well, you tell me if you've got a real nation or not, because you can't have them both coexisting. It's impossible. And many wars have been fought. Many people have been assassinated down through the ages when they've tried to produce their own cash. And, uh, again, it's all arts and and techniques of war and making sure that, that things go the banker's way. Old, old story, lots of history behind it. And I'm sure most of you probably know it all by now, how it works. But this is the thing. I don't care what they call it, democracy, new world order, whatever, new internationalism, it's all the same agenda. It's all the same agenda, with the same boys going off into the new system that ran the old system. Same families. Now, money is never stable either. When you go into... All of the kinds of taxes uh, that they collect, it's just astronomical. Governments that say they've never got enough, and they have whole panels dreaming up new ideas out of science fiction to get new ways to to soak you. Because, you see, you are the cattle. You are the cattle, that's all you are. You're, you're being farmed, as I say, and um, your produce is taken off you. When your labor is taken off you, you understand, uh, by force, if necessary, and with no recompense whatsoever, no paycheck for your labor, it's called slavery. And money is simply the, the, the product of your labor. And when it's taken off you, you're in slavery. I hope you understand that. Even the ancients talked about this exact thing. So uh, it's interesting that we, we're quite happy to go along with slavery because these days, you see, you don't need so many um, guys with whips uh, employed by your owner to whip you into shape Uh, as long as you're left enough to play yourselves. And you've got lots of cheap junk and, and electronics to play with nowadays. And you're kept very immature as well, by the way, because that's how you've been trained since childhood is to remain a perpetual child. When you hit the teenage years and the hormones kick in, they keep that lasting now till you're about 60. People literally cannot grow up anymore. And that's all designed that way. But getting back to the taxes... It's incredible when you tally all of the taxes up, local and, and provincial or, or state taxes, and then federal taxes. And now we've got international taxes to the United Nations too, through various means. And now they're even taxing the air we breathe under this guise of, of carbon taxes and stuff like that. I mean, it goes on and on, and, and we accept it like the, the, the fools that we are. We, we move to each other like good cattle complaining the grass is a bit tough to chew, but we carry on chewing the cud regardless. Pretty disgusting, isn't it? But that's what you're reduced to. And as I say, every country now has to bring in the value-added tax. That is the agenda. The guys who gave you this New World Order, which was the Royal Institute of International Affairs, made up of bankers, international bankers, they also have a, a branch in the U.S. called the Council on Foreign Relations, they said in their early writings that they'd to bring in a form of value-added tax across the globe. Under different guises, it doesn't matter what name they give it in your country, it's the same thing. It's a tax on everything that you purchase. And it's a tax even on your electricity bill. It's a tax on everything. Value-added tax. And you get nothing back from it whatsoever. But, but it's never enough, as I say, that going to go into carbon taxes now and energy taxes and all the rest of it, like Technocracy, Inc., said back in the 1930s. Another front group for the same bunch I just mentioned. Almost everything out there that's of official status belongs to this one group. And they have branches across the world in every country, running their country. All the journalists belong to it. All the newspaper owners across the world belong to this group. The Royal Society that gives you your bogus science on warming also belong to it. Everything belongs to it. And this is running the world, and they call it democracy, when you have no say in anything whatsoever. But again, the people never ever stop and and retaliate until their backs are against a wall. And you know there's a planned, there's many planned crashes coming, by the way, and they're also stepping up the spraying, the aerial spraying and the weather modification, which they'll turn around and blame on global warming and carbon, uh, and it's your fault for doing it. And... uh, using high sciences, they can convince you of anything today. And they count on your disbelief. Most people, folk, when you point out the spraying, and there's a jet spraying these massive trails that just don't disappear. And they're coughing all the time too now. Everyone's got these massive coughs. And uh, they can't get rid of it. And uh, you talk to any pharmacist, they'll tell you the same thing too. Since about 1998, their biggest sellers are antibiotics. To, for constant reinfections of the bronchial tubes and uh, 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 antihistamines because everyone now has got to with the sinuses and uh, nasal congestion, bronchial congestion, and so on, so they know this at the top, however we 're not supposed to know it at the bottom, and they call you, they call you crazy if you to point out the truth, even though some governments have, have have touched on the subject when questioned by other politicians like Canada. Where the Department of Defense Minister stood up and says, well, we don't have to answer that question about spraying the skies. It says for reasons of national security. And that's democracy for you. So they can poison you for reasons of national security. High Sciences, the Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the curtains with the big massive voice that scares you all to hell, throws thunderbolts and, and everything at you and lightning bolts. And uh, it's just a little guy behind the curtain. Uh, talking into a microphone with amplifiers and pulling the strings and doing magic acts. And that's what we have today under the guise of global warming. Even though in the West Coast, uh, in the States and Canada, uh, they're out skiing in the mountains. They've got great snow right now in the middle of summer, but they can still wear a T-shirt so they feel kind of summery when they're skiing down the slopes. That's the ones that can afford it, mainly government workers uh, and employees like like in the federal and uh, local levels. Meanwhile, we're watching all the countries go down. It's amazing, too, that apart from not being able to manage your own country's finances because you don't even know what's going on and how much money they're throwing abroad under different guises like the OECD, uh, where it's the Economic Overseas Development Corporation, which uh, has been since 1945 throwing your cash across the planet, not to people but to their own corporations. What a wonderful clique this is, isn't it? This is the real world we live in. And everyone... We'll go and vote the next time. Idiots. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And talking about debts and so on. Now, it's bad enough when your own country, uh, can we even say your own country anymore? Can we even say that? Let's joke about it and pretend it's your own country. Uh, uh, When your own country uh, can't even balance its own books, and never has, by design, of course, because the whole idea in this system is slavery by debt. And to get every country under the big boys who are, who are, who are actually picked to be your presidents and prime ministers, who all belong to the CFR, by the way, and that was Professor Carl Quigley said that, uh, then they know the game, and then the game is to keep you in perpetual debt. But not only can you manage that, you're also got to, you've also got to manage now this international thing. So when one country goes down, you've got to also throw money. You've got to borrow money, actually, from the World Bank and then throw it at these other countries, supposedly, these black holes. And then you have to pay off the debt that you borrowed to give away. Uh, and uh, you pay for all. There's only one you, you know, every one in you out there. There's only one of each of you. You've already paid for that through taxes, more taxes, and increased taxes, and bogus taxes. And no one says a darn thing about it. And they go and vote for the same system. Because whoever is presented to you, is always when you stand up for the same. Why would you keep voting for the same system that has never benefited the people? Never. Huh. Why? No one comes in and says, uh, if we get in, uh, we're going to abolish this central bank system and print our own cash. No one says that. Mind you, they wouldn't live long if they did. But no one's tried. Nobody, nobody will. Because the ones who are presented to you, as I say, are all picked and members of the Council on Foreign Relations in the U.S. And uh, same in the Canada's version of the same thing. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, India, uh, Britain. And they're all in the Institute of International Affairs at the very, very top. So they, these boys, as I say, they planned this an awful long time ago. They wrote about it in their own writings, their own books. Quigley, did a, who was a member, was a historian for the group, uh, and he wrote about it in Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment. And if you haven't read it, uh, then you'll understand nothing of what's happening today. Because they said at the very beginning what they planned to do. And to bring the whole world into one international order. And, of course, they didn't believe in democracy for the people. But they, they did believe in the con of democracy they teach the people to believe in. And every main person that has a celebrity status of any kind is a member of the CFR in the States and elsewhere. It's astonishing. And then the IMF comes in when you can't pay, does your books It was designed to do that eventually because they want the same global uh, outfit, uh, lending money from the World Bank, then the IMF is to come in and audit your own books and then do austerity measures. That's what's happening across the whole of Europe is to happen to the states eventually and everywhere else, because they will have no independent government at all. That's what they want. It's designed that way. And that's why presidents and prime ministers across the so-called free world are borrowing like crazy right now, now to make sure that the IMF is eventually called in to do all their bookkeeping for them, and say, oh dear, dear, we didn't really want this. Of course, the liars that they are, but that's exactly what they want to happen because that is the agenda. And um, the, uh, the United Nations, this this front group for the same bankers, uh, will be technically in charge of the whole planet, and that's energy across the whole world. That's individual taxation, uh, regional taxation, because there's no more nations when they come in, and um, healthcare, which is always slashed to the bone when the IMF comes in. That's why in Yugoslavia and Bosnia, after all the battles there, uh, the t- t- tuberculosis tuberculosis rate uh, just skyrocketed. Same across different parts of Africa when the IMF comes in, because they slash your healthcare to the bone and stop giving out medications. And G B T B and other diseases skyrocket. Wonderful. That's what we've got to look forward to. Anyway, I'll stop complaining here and go on to, again, another black hole. Because, you see, uh, you, you expect, even if you're a customer, to spend money and get something back for what you're paying for, don't you? But it's no problem for governments to, to throw billions at countries, and it goes down black holes. It's like when the banks crashed on schedule as they were meant to do to bring in austerity measures, and uh, when they all crashed at the same time, um, they lost nothing. They said all the money went to money heaven. That was in the national papers, money heaven. Well, guess who had the keys, eh? Because they didn't lose anything. There were real businesses behind that, real little engineering shops, millions of them, and things like that, across the world. They got all right. And then they were bailed out too, supposedly for their losses, by us. Many times over into this black hole. Some of them are still getting bailed out. And now you got to bail out countries across the world, these black holes. Remember the black holes? It sucks everything through it. Portugal's debt is downgraded to junk status by Moody's. That's all it takes is a, a declaration, isn't it? A declaration by somebody you've ne- you'll never meet, in Moody's. And and so, since the credit rating agency Moody's Investor, uh, Investor Service has downgraded Portugal's debt to junk status, then there's an, an ad for you, right? <laughs> I mean, as soon as the investors hear this and the stock market, that's so they, they pull everything out and it goes, and it does go down. It's a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. The agency said there was a growing risk the country would need a second bailout before it was ready to borrow money from financial markets again. Moody's was concerned that if there was a second bailout, private lenders might have to contribute. (laughs) No kidding, it's about time some of them did, isn't it? And it says Moody's had not taken into account the strong backing for austerity measures. Austerity is poverty, folks. Get used to it. It's coming your way soon. Back with more after this.
1: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth.
2: Hi, folks. We're back, and we're cutting through the matrix. Remember, too, as I say, as far back as Karl Marx had talked about, he talked about uh, trading blocks, where Europe would be united. And then there was to be an integrated Americas. So we already are integrated in many, many ways. Don't, don't let the border fuel you in any way because we've integrated our laws, uh, even down to uh, import duties from other countries. We're sharing all the cash and we're sharing different kinds of taxes now too, uh, so much so that some politici- some high-level bureaucrats in the federal governments can apply for jobs in the other side of the border in equivalent positions, just, just transferring each other. They're sharing all their security computers with every, of, on, with every citizen's uh, information on it. Nothing is, is held. So they're, they're just doing it by the back door, basically, a bit at a time, the good Fabian way, and, and we're being totally combined. So that's Europe, North America, and North America eventually is to be way down the road combined with all of Latin America. And, of course, we already have the the Pacific Rim region, uh, a particular group now, um, forming its own kind of government to the same idea. Karl Marx just had a lucky guess, I guess. And uh, then the bankers took it up in the late 1800s, Milner Group and uh, the Cedar Rose Foundation with Lord Rothschild. And uh, here we are today going through all of this mayhem as it all comes together. Long-term planning, intergenerational, quite easy, If you have foundations uh, working on it, because foundations have their tenets, their their system, this is what they exist for, here's our tenets, we have to get this united by 100 years, and they hire, retire, and hire, and retire, a couple of, two or three generations until they get it done. That's their only goal. So, you understand, we live very brief lives here, and uh, we, we expect what we start to do to be finished in our lifetime. You don't understand that these big boys can do it for centuries if need be to get what they want by using foundations. Now, I've mentioned too about predictive programming. It's very, very important. You've had it all your lives, from your cartoons, all through your movies, uh, and you'll get them right to your grave, in the fact. Predictive programming is to always reinforce ideas that they're putting out as popular uh, until you start to accept behavior, different behaviors, different changes in culture and society, and you will even behave that way sometimes, uh, especially if you think that the odd one out eventually, you want to be belong to your peer group, and it, it works very well with the young, especially, because they really desperately want to belong to their peer group, so they're, they're heavily indoctrinated. Now, Coronation Street was the, the premier one run by Tavistock, uh, Ongoing series since about the 1960s, still running today. I once watched a program, a documentary, on all the staff they have employed for one series. uh, Psychologists, uh, social workers, psychiatrists, marriage counselors, multicultural experts, and so on. Because, you see, they gave you all the multicultural hassles on this this fictional show uh, before it all happened, to show you how to behave when it actually affected you. And and uh, before they flooded the country um, to destroy the culture that already existed. And people behave just like in the same situations when it actually happened in their lives. They behave just like the actors on this. Oh, they put a date. Oh, yeah, they did this. And that. they were kind of understanding and so on and so on. And that's how it's done. And we know what's popular today, and this is an article from Britain that says, What have they done to Corrie? That's Coronation Street. Is it true that the lives of heterosexual Mancunians, just like Manchester, are hopelessly intertwined with transvestites, transsexuals, teenage lesbians, and a horde of homosexuals across the age range? Because if you see, if you watch Coronation Street, you think that everybody now is one in a group here. Just for fully half a century, Coronation Street has formed the nation's view of Lancashire, actually the whole country. Life is gritty, men are tough, in their devious ways women have achieved equality, if not downright dominance. It's actually dominance, because they taught the women how to dominate the men. And society is sterlingly working class. And then it goes through a bit more chats. It says, Today that uh, the soap that was once pure, Salford, uh, that took the paintings of L.S. Lowry and brought them to life on TV, that fortified the great divide between the noble North and the soft, and silly South of England, has departed from reality squalor, grime, and poverty have been replaced by shoddy, tinsel-edged glamour. And then it goes into uh, gay, lesbian, transsexual characters that seem to make up the whole street now, of, of all ages. Then it goes into the writers, too, how m- many of them are actually in that particular uh, class of people, or des- decided to be, and they want to promote their culture, using everyone else's tax money. So anyway... That's how uh, I'll put this link up to cuttingswithmeters.com at the end of the night. But uh, it's, it's in everything that you watch now anyway. It doesn't matter what you watch. Uh, even if it's a one-off movie, you're, you're going to get it near somewhere too. And uh, this is the way the future, total end of the destruction of the family unit, totally. And once that's happened, of course, one group will run the whole planet when you're, when you're all completely dysfunctional. That's part of the of the agenda. And as they're doing this, of course, in, in wonderful Britain, that's deployed tax into the ground, and the most taxed country in the planet, uh, Canada, I think, is sec- second. It says, pension age will have to rise to 70 because of the Labour Party's reckless borrowing binge. Socialism is wonderful because the banks love it. And whenever socialism comes in, they always just borrow like crazy to, put a, to create a massive welfare state and then tax everybody else into the grave, even the ones who are poor. So... Um, it's just amazing, and, and of course, what they want you to do now is simply die off before you can collect your pension. Then they can spend that cash on on your little, creating little community areas, etc. That's where the cash comes from, folk who haven't collected their pensions because they've been worn, they've worn, been worn out, and they've died on the way to their retirement. I'll put that link up as well. And this beauty from uh, Australia. Uh, carbon prices to be announced on Sunday, because they have been given uh, the lead for the carbon taxes on the general public, starting, of course, with corporations, but bringing it down to the individual. Because you see, in technocracy, again, part of the Royal Institute of International Affairs idea back in the 1930s, all energy is to be taxed uh, that's, that you consume. If you buy a chocolate bar, you'll pay for some accountant's estimate of how much energy was used in the making of that bar and, and its wrapper and everything else and transportation to the store. So it says the federal government plans to announce how much polluters will pay for carbon this Sunday. See, polluters is a negative word. It's like urban sprawl, sprawl, like something sprawled out all over the floor. Same idea. Polluters will pay for carbon this Sunday. Prime Minister Julia Gillard says the government's multi-party climate change committee has made considerable progress in recent weeks. I heard they also took over from the Vatican in the Middle Ages and, and Julia Gillard also figured out how many angels actually stood in the head of a pin. She's so good she can, she can actually work out carbon taxes. Anyway, it says, she says the committee will continue to meet this week but she expects the final details will be resolved before Sunday's announcement around midday. A carbon price is an important reform that will create incentives to lower Australia's carbon pollution at the lowest cost to the economy, she said in a statement. What a liar. What a liar, eh? As you you pay cash, it's going to be better for the consumer and the economy, eh? So, I'll put that one up as well. And there's also another beauty that came out of Australia now that Fabian Socialism's really in power. It's been in power for a few uh, parties before her, but she's got a lot to prove here, more than you could imagine, And uh, South Australia says children as young as 16 will have to pay 15% of their incomes to the state government under changes to rent charges or changes in charges for people living in public housing. So Housing SA has advised public housing tenants that any child living at home will have their income assessed from September this year and will be required to pay rent from November. Pay rent. This is for young people between the ages of 16 and 20. The amount will be 15% of their income, and for those over 20, 25% will be charged. Study allowances such as uh, or study or youth allowance will also be considered as income and added to rent hikes. The rules will result in dramatic change to how children in public housing are treated. Currently, children under the age of 20 add just £5 a week to a family's rent. And, and now you have to pay it to the government that, that owns them. That's socialism for you, but again, it's just an example of where you're all heading if you keep your mouth shut. I hope you all understand, this is across the world. When they set up a place like Australia to bring in carbon taxes, they're making it a flagship for the world. Britain generally does all the other parts of the flagship and, and, and comes out with the first things and things and with all to follow, including their, their community, communitarianism, as they call it today, and they've got a whole bunch of I'm going to do a show just on uh, the ones in the US alone they've, they've disguised it so well under so many different names, Canada as well Habitat for Humanity is one of the big ones it's Agenda 21 from the United Nations for those who don't know what it is what a world eh? what a world we're living in most folk don't even know what's going on but they can tell you who's in Coronation Street, no doubt. Now, there's a caller been hanging on the line there. I'll try and, and get them in here. There's Billy, Billy Lynn from North Carolina. Are you there? Yes, sir. Yes. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, I had a couple of questions. Um,
0: You had stated a uh, while back for well, your listeners to really pay attention to something that you may say and because you can go astray yourself. And I wanted to ask you because you, you got on, uh, when you end your show, you say, may your God or God go with you. Mm-hmm. And I was wanting to know exactly, my question one is, uh, is do you serve a God or gods? Because I, I'm a man of a Christian background. Mm-hmm. And, um <clears throat> my, my, uh, with the almanac that I read teaches others that we should have only one God. So, by me following you, I want to know that if I'm on the right path or listening to your teachings or your doctrine, mm-hmm. and also the reason why I say that because there's a lot of things that I have a question about because in uh matthew thirteen eleven it's a lot that in here that says a lot of people don't understand because the mysteries are given to those that are conditioned to this reading, and so I was want to know exactly uh where is mr. Alan Watt and what is his faith or religious background, mm-hmm. if at all?
2: Yeah, well, I'll tell you. I'll give you an answer to that, and, and that's my nah, that that's none of your business. This, this is an answer. This is an answer for you. Because I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I talk to people from all kinds of faiths. Uh huh. Do you? I I
0: don't talk to all people from all walks of faith, and I didn't mean to offend you, sir. Uh, just just wanting to know because you did. uh um, open up the door for that and, and like I said I apologize and the other thing so, is, so you, would,
2: you wouldn't you say to someone who's a different faith and you may your gods go with you if that's what they believe in okay okay, okay isn't, well, it, isn't that what you call a bigot
0: excuse
2: me isn't that what a bigot is didn't Jesus talk to the Samaritans huh? yes, yes yes yeah okay that's the end of the story then isn't it now we'll go to the next call that's Larry from Louisiana
3: Okay, Uh, Alan, you hear me okay? I can, yep. Okay, good. Uh, You know, you can see how mankind societies go up and down and up and down throughout history. Do you think that they become more technologically advanced, technologically advanced, every time they go up, or have you seen any evidence that there's a possibility that The technology we see today has been seen in ancient times and maybe even more advanced, and I'll give you three examples. One is there's great cities laying under the Atlantic Ocean. Two is the woolly mammoth frozen in his tracks so quickly his guts didn't even bloat, and he's chewing daisies. It was a tropical climate. Three is the petrified forest in the Mojave Desert. The trees appear to have fallen all at once and laying right where they fell and the moss is growing on the south side of the trees, and they say that moss grows on the north side of the trees today due to magnetic north.
2: Yeah, yeah, so so what's the question, though?
3: The question is, is there a possibility that mankind, uh, as, as we see technology today, is it possible that in ancient times they've been to this level and even beyond?
2: Well, I, I think they've been up to a higher level, I've no doubt at all. What you're talking about is the, the changes in the, the North and South Pole. And where the woolly mammoths were, by the way, uh, not far, that was where the equator used to go through at one time. And you find that by magnetites in the grounds, because when lava comes up, and, uh, or even if the earth is scorched, you'll find that magnetites will tend to, to set, just like they set in, in cement. It will set in the direction of North and South at, at that, that period. And we know now that uh, the equator used to go through up through Siberia at one point, and that's where those mammoths were found in the early 1900s expedition into that area before the um, start of the Bolshevik Revolution. Anyway.
3: Okay. So if there were these great earth changes in the past, mm-hmm. then you just living and being here that mm-hmm. means your ancestors made it through these great changes, correct?
2: Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all and if you go into the religions um, and even there, this, you see in ancient times the way we're given it today it's very hard to tell myth and religion from facts uh, because very few folk wrote about anything and the ones that did generally were, were priests who wanted to, to see it their way but in India they talk about histories that go back into millions of years and they even talked about um a scientific age uh, where they called the gods the gods were simply high scientists you know And they said uh, uh, these gods uh, and uh, um, had literally experimented with humans at one point millions of years ago. In the um, it was up near the 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 Black Sea, in fact. And they said that the Blacks where the Black Sea is today was a valley. And uh, they created different kinds of humans. And they mixed humans with animals, just like they're doing today. By the way, isn't that amazing? A and, and, and they, they said, the yeah. right. and, and, the, and what they, they said was, what they what they said. Let me speak. What they said was, they got to such an ex, a, a, a stage that the humans or these partly humans started to eat each other, so that they stopped the experiment by flooding that valley. And then National Geographic put out a magazine a few years ago, and they went down into the valley with a Japanese submarine, a mini sub. And sure enough, they found these ancient dwellings down near the bottom along both sides of that valley. So it was a valley at one time after all. So I think mankind, I don't see why mankind um, could not have been around millions of years ago and come through many catastrophes, um, depending on where they were at the world and that time and where the catastrophe happened to be. Yeah.
3: Very good, Alan. Uh, now, uh, most, uh, most people will say there's only one God. This is on the religion thing. Well, yeah, there's only one God then read the first line of their Ten Commandments, have no other gods, in the plural, before mm-hmm. me. Thank you, Alan.
2: Thank you for calling. And that's true enough. I mean, uh, the, the Jehovah God was really a, a late comer, and uh, and it would never, that would never have been put down there as a commandment from God if there were no other gods around. And it's so unfortunate that people get mixed up with a religion, that technically it was made for a, one specific ethnic people. That's why battled, there's been a battle up to this present day, uh, because many Jews take it as a terrible offence, thinking that someone stole their religion, and they have their own function to go through their own agenda, uh, because it's an active religion, and they work it into into being in every generation, and um, and I can understand why they're offended. Someone pinched their, their, their deity and uh, basically their coming Messiah. And they and they also pinched their Old Testament as well, so they're not too happy about that. And why would a commandment? If there's no other gods here, you wouldn't even mention it. They would just say, "Worship me, the one God." Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we are cutting through the matrix and I'm going to go into another call, but slightly mention this other, uh, it's from Wikipedia actually, and and it's a list of countries by energy consumption per capita and you'll see how they've all worked out in advance and out of that will come your energy taxes, carbon taxes and all the rest. I'll put this link up as well and um, it's uh, it's quite interesting how, how things are really rampaging ahead. And there's also one to do with uh, Internet legislation. The Congress prepares to uh, repressive new Internet legislation, who they're going to take off and who they want to give themselves the ability to do so. I'll put this link up as well and go through it tonight. So there's just too much to say in an hour, but um, as I say, I'd like to have said a lot more. There's so many more articles here that's really going to affect you. I'll go to Frank from North Carolina if he's there.
1: Uh, Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I I called in to uh, make a comment and see what you thought about uh, some of my observations and and thoughts on the police and military and even people in the news media, particularly these people that uh, make their living off reading teleprompters and lying. But uh, to to the caller, the previous caller in North Carolina, I know where he's coming from. And I've run across that a lot. They have this litmus test. Mm-hmm. About, you know, where are you coming from in your faith and whatnot? But I, I would just like to say this, and you don't need to comment on it, but I, I come from a Christian background myself. I'm 45 and I can tell you I've heard more lies from, from Christians, mm-hmm. uh, Christian leaders on television and everything else. They're, they're the biggest liars in the world. So if you're yeah. going to say, well, if Alan doesn't come from a Christian faith or whatever that I can't believe in, that, I mean, that's just, uh, that, that's, uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical because Christians lie all the time. They look the other way at facts, uh, facts that that, that might, uh, you know, affect their their own credibility and whatnot. Uh, they support wars that are based on lies and try to say that uh, Jesus is behind it and we're fighting for Jesus and God when they know that the facts show. I mean, just even common sense. Uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm done on that subject, but. As far as the police and the military, uh, is there anything that, 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 that the average typical cop uh, or, and I know it's probably, there, it's worse the higher as you go up and rank, but is there anything that the cop, the average cop and military person out on the street in the coming days and weeks and months and years ahead, is there anything that they won't do if they're given some type of a plausible, reasonable explanation?
2: There's nothing, no. History proves it because all you have to do is to go through the wars that we know of, uh, especially in the late 1800s and into the 1900s and then 20th century, uh, into the present time. And uh, even when the Germans came into France and uh, Holland, different countries, uh, they simply told the police to go about their business, added a whole bunch of new laws so that the cops could go out and, and round up people as well. And they obeyed every single law. Not one country chickened out not one country uh, opposed it uh, the cops always go along with the, the winners because they always get more out of it for themselves personally and they'll do whatever they are told to do they will do yeah
1: right so basically a cop in any given place and time say in america today uh, that cop he wanted to be a cop for a particular reason. A lot of it, I, I assume, is probably because it's a power trip. If you put them in any other environment, no matter if it was an openly uh, tyrannical place, they would also do as they're told. There, they don't care. They they will go. They they will abide by whatever rules are set before them.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, they've, they've already proven that in different countries, in different wars, especially throughout the 20th century, and even into the present century. Yeah. So, they're, they're not your, your cops at all. And um, there are many psychopathic personalities in the police forces. Studies have been done on them. And they will do what they're told as long as they personally can benefit and stay in the winning team. Yeah. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods, go with you.